Welcome to the European Hockey Federation podcast, in conversation with the biggest name in hockey, generating insight and engagement around coaching, officiating and playing. Presented by Jack Rolf, the founder of The Coaching Lab and supported by FIH Academy. For this episode, we spoke with Lorraine Delforge, international umpire and Belgian player, about the umpiring and playing combination. Over to Jack. If we get it wrong. Lorraine Delforge, welcome to the European Hockey uh, Podcast. Fantastic to have you with us. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Top stuff. We've done a bit of research, so you can tell me if these stats are wrong, but 2016 FIH umpire of the year, national outdoor champion with Royal Antwerp as a player, uh, national indoor player uh, for Belgium since 2011, uh, and one of the first females to umpire in the EHL, so the European Hockey League as well. Have we missed anything here? We've probably missed quite a bit. Uh, yeah, you missed the, the highlight of my career, actually, which is the Olymp- Olympic final, uh, which so far I yeah, had my, my best experience, let's say, or my best uh, memory. Um, so, uh, yeah, you, you, you miss uh, some stuff, but uh, if I need to mention one, I would mention this one. <laughs> yeah, we left that one off intentionally so you could say it. In right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about the the Olympic final, this um, two people only, you know, get to do the Olympics final every four years. And what's your, what's your reflections, your experiences of that? Hi, oh, it was, uh, it was quite an adventure. Um, it was my, my first Olympic. So uh, I was actually just already happy to be there, you know, just uh, to, to, to make the, the cut for, for 16 empires in the world, which is uh, uh, already not easy. Uh, and to make the, the final uh, immediately was just uh, like a dream, not even a dream coming true because it was not even something that crossed my mind at the time. It was just, I prepared myself in the best way possible. And and yeah, uh, when I was in Rio, it was uh, surprise after surprise, quarterfinal, semifinal. Uh, I thought my tournament was done and then I'm appointed for, for the final. So. It was just, uh, yeah, just unbelievable. Still now, when I need to explain what was going through my mind, it's just, and um, yeah, it's uh, something completely crazy. And what does that preparation look like? You know, we often talk about coaches preparing and players preparing, but probably don't see the the behind the scenes and the thoughts of an umpire preparing. Yeah, it was. Um, it was the first time actually I prepared myself so much. Um, once I, I I got my spot for the Olympics, uh, I was like. <clears throat> I just want to make uh, the most of this opportunity and I'm, I'm going to go for it like the best I can. So I, I, I changed quite a lot in my uh, daily life, actually. Uh, for three months, I was uh, not only uh, eating hockey, uh, sleeping hockey, which is uh, always been the case, but more eating and sleeping and playing. Um, I've done a lot physically, uh, mentally. I've worked with a, a sports psychologist. Uh, I've tried to discover new ways to get better. I, I did some ice training, which was also very new at the time. And now it's becoming a bit more usual, but at the time it was completely, uh, uh, completely new. Um, so yeah, it was, it was quite hard uh, at the time. I remember uh, I was still living at my parents and I was not always uh, the nicest person because I was quite tired. 
Um, but yeah, just to see after Rio that all the work I put in, um, it just worked out. It was uh, also, yeah, uh, it makes the, the Olympic final even more tasty. And when you say you're, you know, you're living hockey, you're watching hockey, what are you watching for? What are you trying to notice when you're watching these games? What are you picking out? You know, once you're an umpire, you don't watch the game the same way uh, as when you are a player or only a player. Uh, of course, I, I really enjoy watching some games uh, and, and to see uh, unbelievable actions and, uh, and some um, nice uh, plays. But as an umpire, you see the game differently. You, you are trying to find what the players are trying to do, some tricks, uh, where the umpire uh, is running, uh, positioning himself, uh, how he's dealing with some situation. I try to learn also from the umpires when I'm watching uh, any game. Um, so I, since I, I became an umpire, I watched the game completely differently. Um, you, you are not only watching the players, you're also watching what the umpires are doing and, and how they are dealing with some situations. Yeah, and your journey to an Olympic final is quite an interesting one because you played junior international hockey for, for Belgium yep. as a player and you still play in the indoor side now and in the top division as well. So where, did, where does umpiring sit in terms of your journey? Where did it begin, your first experiences? It was, um, um, I like to say it like a, not chance, but not something that I really planned to become a, an umpire. So... Uh, I started umpiring uh, my very first game. I, I was maybe 15, 16 years old. Um, and it was at the time because myself on the pitch, uh, I was quite uh, grumpy. And uh, yeah, my dad was also an umpire at the time and just uh, uh, gave me the little push in the back that I needed to, to just start myself and see how hard it is. Um, so that's when I really started. Uh, and at the time, yeah, I was uh, in the uh, junior national teams till uh, under 21 it was but I never made the cut for um, uh, for the Red Panthers uh, it was in 2011 yeah 2011 and nearly uh, a few months later I got the opportunity to uh, to go with the Red Panthers but as an umpire for three nations um, all the other umpires in Belgium were in exams or were busy or had work or whatever so nobody could go <laughs> so I was like okay I will just go and see what it is. I have no idea. Uh, I'm umpiring maybe uh, uh, more seriously for one or two years, but okay, let's go. It was in South Africa um, and it was just uh, unbelievable. I enjoyed myself so much. I learned so much from the umpires who were there, the umpire manager. Um, so it was just an, an unbelievable experience. Um, so I was really disappointed when I didn't make the cut for the Red Panthers, but coming back from that trip, I was like, Actually, uh, I think I, there is something more there that I can discover and, and just try. And um, so I went fully for it. Uh, and a few years later, the Red Panthers came back to, to ask if I would like to, to train again with them and, and try again to make the, the team. But it was behind me, actually. Uh, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the, the umpiring career so much that I, I don't see myself coming back in, um, in the national team. But that was, of course, five, six years ago. And what was it that said, actually, now I'm an umpire? You know, there was that opportunity and invite to say, come and try a game. But what was it for you that said, you know, I'm an umpire? What's the thing that really pulled you that side? You know, uh, today I still feel myself I'm an umpire, but I'm still a player. Um, OK, I, I decided not to go uh, for the national team anymore. 
uh, okay, I do indoor, but it's a bit differently. It's a bit different. It's three three months uh, in in a year. Um, but I really feel myself having both uh, caps. Let's say I am a player and I am an umpire. I feel I am an umpire. I would say uh, since 2012, um, when it's I really got uh, very good feedback in Belgium and uh, internationally, and that's why I felt uh, maybe I can make the Olympics one day as an umpire. And since then, um, my my point of view changed a little bit. Um, if I can take an example. Um, I'm still playing, yeah, like you said, at Royal uh, Antwerp Hockey Club. And I remember one year sitting with the, with the coach and saying before the year, before the season, I said, look, um, I'm fully committed, but if I get an opportunity to, to fly and to have some, some tournament or some games, uh, my first choice would be to, uh, to go to, to that tournament. And I was really lucky to have people around me who fully supported me. Uh, that coach, which, who is uh, Nils Tyson, actually, uh, the former coach of the Red Panthers, just said, okay, um, we're going we're gonna to back you uh, all the way. Um, and, and also, I think that, makes, that made a difference. I didn't work with people who were um, against me being an umpire, but also supports, supporting me in, in, that, uh, in that career. So you're, the message here, I think, particularly for those 15, 16-year-olds, those junior players, is there is another pathway, isn't there? There's not just the playing pathway. Um, there's actually, you know, a dual career almost in terms of a, a potential path. Um, you know, how obviously your coach was supportive there, but what about your teammates as well? You know, I think in some environments, people look at the umpire and say, oh, why are you umpiring? Why are you doing that? But what was your relationship and your, your experiences growing up around that? It, it changed. Um, in the beginning, to be honest, people were looking at me like, but what are you doing actually? How, yeah, how crazy are you to, 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 to do it? Uh, first, it's, uh, it's not, it's true. We often see the umpires are uh, as negative or we are most, we talk most of the time about umpires to, to criticize. It's a bit changing, but it's usually the, the big picture. Um, so yeah, the, the first uh, the first years were a bit yeah they were a bit composed let's say, um, but still fully uh, supporting me. Um, I think you had a podcast with Sophie Geertz. She she is one in in my career who helped me really a lot. Um, she was also playing at the national team at the time, and uh, yeah, she she really um, pushed me in that way as well uh, as an umpire. Now, nowadays, the, 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 my teammates, they are more joking about it. They, they call me the golden whistle or they, uh, when something uh, crazy happens in the game, they, they cannot look at me and, and, and are joking, saying, yeah, you should maybe umpire. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a bit funny. Um, now now the, the perspective changed a bit. I can see that they, they are not seeing me anymore as the crazy person. They are just uh, actually proud of what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, I'm, I'm happy to, to have changed a bit their, um, their point of view about uh, being an umpire. Yeah, and I think you've changed a lot of people's views. It's not just uh, your teammates as well. And it's interesting you bring Sophie up because uh, I spoke to her earlier and I said, uh, what three phrases or words would you uh, use to describe uh, Lorraine? And what do you think she said? Hi, oh, it's uh, difficult. Um... Probably she would say, uh, I don't know if she used the word crazy, but um, I remember when I, uh, I, I, went, I decided to, to play for Antwerp, 
you need to know as well that uh, uh, Antwerp was not an easy choice as well because I, I live in Brussels. Uh, when I decided to go to play in Antwerp, everybody was also uh, thinking, but what are you doing? You are 15 years old. You don't have any driving license and, and you go to play in Antwerp where they just became champion at the time. Yeah, everybody was like, what a even stupid choice, let's say. Um, and I remember at the time when I arrived in Antwerp, I was playing in a, in a way that was quite dangerous, actually. I was flying all over the place and, and tackling everybody and playing football with a hockey stick. Um, and she's the one who kind of uh, made me a better player in terms of uh, yeah, seeing the game differently and, and, and not being that, that, that jumping person going everywhere for the ball with the head and everything, but just canalizing my energy actually. So maybe crazy would be a word. Um, I don't know if she mentioned that one. <laughs> <laughs> she said uh, leader, inspirational and good hearted friend. The, the last point, that's for sure. Uh, we have a very good friendship. Um, not only on or uh, off the pitch, but off hockey actually. Um, she came during the, the, the lockdown, she came uh, by, <coughs> by bike with a daughter to, to, to Brussels just to say hello, which is like uh, 100 kilometers by bike. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good point indeed. <laughs> awesome. And talking about you know, that coach relationship, being an umpire, that must have some benefits. You know, that must be a supportive and, and strong relationship. And, you know, you learning from the coach, of course, but also the coach learning from a player, but an umpire as well. What, what sort of, what does that look like? Um, I'm somebody who, who is a big fan of uh, being transparent and being very honest about um, what I feel or what I see or what I think. Um, and I'm also, I think, somebody who accepts the opinion of other people. So I really enjoy the, the, what we can share between players, coaches, um, umpires, umpire manager, even just spectators. Um, I think everybody has, a, has his own uh, way of seeing a, a hockey game or, or hockey in general. And to, to be able to, ex to share different views, it's, I think, uh, a very good, po uh, good point to learn. Um, so I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed discussing some stuff with, uh, uh, as an umpire, but also as a player with coaches, with, with my parents, when they come to see a game, I really love to have their feedback after a game, being a player or an umpire, what they saw. And, and then I share how I felt in the game and it's, it's how you, it's how you learn actually, uh, and how you get better. And do you come from a hockey family, a mum and dad, big hockey players? Uh, my dad was a hockey player, hockey umpire. My mom never played, but she, um, she's she been following us, following us uh, my sister and I, so closely that she, she knows the game uh, so well now. She never played herself, but yeah, she's uh, incredible in pointing out the things that go well or that goes wrong. Uh, she would have liked to, to play. Uh, she discovered the game a bit too late, but uh, yeah, she's a, she's a big fan. And she's the one, if you have any question about hockey, you know, she will know before every, everybody else, anybody else. Awesome. I'm sure she's someone that everybody knows around uh, Antwerp Hockey Club as well. She's probably got a season ticket to all the games. And she's yeah, they love hockey. They come uh, every game. Okay, now with the, the, the COVID, it was a bit different, but uh, yeah, whenever they have the chance, they're around the hockey pitch. Yeah, and you spoke about it a little bit earlier, but, you know, are your teammates and your coaches coming to you and saying, you know, why, why has this decision happened or what can we learn about the umpire? Because I think it's often a relationship that is maybe not spoken about 
enough. You know, we talk about coach-athlete relationship, but an umpire relationship sits in that as well. You know, are you are your players, your teammates, uh, and your coaches coming to you and saying, Lorraine, how can we sort this? What can we do? How can we be more flexible? Yeah, there is different things. There is the, um, the frustration during the match, I would say. Uh, and in that point, I cannot really help because I'm myself quite easily frustrated as a player. Uh, it's always been that way. And it's something I try to change and it's going better. But it's, yeah, I'm quite an emotional player, let's say. So during the game, there is, it's more my teammates who are trying to uh, <laughs> calm me down, let's say, uh, not discussing decisions of umpires. But it's true that before or after the game, um, we exchange about some rules or some situation that, hap that happened the last weekend and why it was that way and what can we do to um, make that umpire or make that situation, make, make sure that that situation doesn't happen again. Um, so I remember... Again, with Sophie, for example, when she was coaching us, we were trying to uh, be quite innovative in inviting umpires to a training to, uh, yeah, that they, they, they can also be busy with hockey more than just on the weekend, uh, but be able to to get rid of them and, and just uh, umpires also, umpire also or training. Um, it didn't really work out, to be honest, but it's something we, we really tried to, to, to try to find some ideas to, to make the umpires better in general. So you said it didn't work out. If you were to do it again, what what would you look to change and, and change about that? Uh, what is difficult in Antwerp is that uh, we need to be honest. It's it's really close to the border, and it's really far away in Belgium. Far away. Okay, Belgium is a small country, but to get people to drive one hour or so to come and and just empire forty minutes of little games, it's. Um, I think it's both ways. We need to find ways to make it attractive, but we also need umpires to be willing to put in the work and to, to yeah, to be ready to get better. I think it's uh, uh, if you want to get better, there is no secret recipe. You just need also to put enough time in it and enough energy. So, um, what I would do better, it's probably to to sell our product a bit more. Uh, like what what are the, the the advantage of doing this kind of things? What do we expect from you? Um, uh, the umpires who came, actually, uh, we had a good relationship with them because we also saw them not only as umpire, but we could also have some discussion about who they are as a person or, or what they do in their life. And, and you get another type of uh, connection with them. Uh, but let's be honest, we, it, it could have worked out better, I think. Mm. Well, I think it's a good point you raised that actually, I think after this lockdown, players would not have played for very long and coaches wouldn't have coached for very long. So there's an opportunity there and a desire to improve and, and just get out there and whatever, but also for the umpires, they've probably had longer off than anyone. So I think you would, you know, I think we both would encourage coaches to get hold of some umpires and umpires to contact you know, clubs as well and go down and make that relationship stronger. Yeah. It's um, actually that, that COVID period was um, interesting in a way because you are uh, not for, for coach, for players, but definitely for umpires as well. Um, you, you know, as an umpire, you often train yourself. You're a bit alone and you, you're a bit, uh, you need to find yourself ways to get better. And when you are completely locked down, it's even more difficult to, uh, to, 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 yeah, to open your views. But um, I, I, think, I think lockdown for me actually uh, helped me to find other way to get better. Like I started some uh, yoga, which is something I would never think about before. Um, 
I read uh, more, more books than I ever read before. Uh, and, and yeah, it's also through reading, I learned a lot. So um, yeah, it's uh, lockdown was not easy, definitely, but I always try to see the positive and, and yeah, in some ways I think it helped me a bit. And what books have you re been reading for the listeners to have a bit of an insight? Um, I read a lot of about uh, uh, self-development, personal development. Um, if I can recommend recommend one book, is uh, it's called The Chimp Paradox. I don't know if uh, you know. It's quite uh, well known and it's a book I had for many years actually, but I like to just read, read it again. Uh, I read this one and now I am reading another one which seems quite interesting. It's a uh, uh, chop wood, carry water, and it's about focusing on what you do on a daily basis and on the process more than what you want to achieve or want to where you want to go as a as a dream goal. Let's say. Yeah, nice. The chip paradox is a good one. I can yeah, recommend that. Yeah, definitely a very good one. So I think the next part of this conversation is probably a dual question because you have this player element and you have the umpire element, but you you're always operating at the top level from the Olympic final to the EHL, which is the Champions League of hockey, with one of the best competitions in the world. So the Belgium stuff as well. What are you seeing at, at the top level, you know, and how's that helped your umpiring, but also helped your, your playing as well? Because you're seeing and feeling top hockey, you know, with your own eyes every single week. You know, when top level is, um, um, is hard and easy, uh, easy in a sense of, the, the, the players are so good um, that you just need to be there when you need to be there. Let's say it's uh, uh, they know how to play hockey. They 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 you don't have uh, five, uh, uh, five people around the ball and you need to decide which one did the first kick or the the first foot or, or the first uh, hockey, uh, stick tackle. So in a way, it's easier than having to umpire. I don't know the third division uh, uh, in your local league. This is what I find. But when you need to step in, then you need to be there and they will not forgive you if you, if you are hiding yourself. So this is, a, this is the hardest part is um, I'm somebody who is quite shy uh, as a person and uh, to make that step to be able to, to dare to step in and to, to show a bit myself when needed, that was uh, probably uh, the difficult part. Now being uh, what I also, uh, feel is is hard or is more is difficult or you need to be strong enough is uh, these players are they are playing or these teams they are playing professionally it's their their job uh, they go for for medals they go for uh, yeah for gold and um, so you are not just there to have a nice uh, Sunday afternoon and uh, have a beer after the match and yeah you also need to realize why you are doing it. Uh, it's not for yourself, it's for them and it's uh, and they care about it. So uh, there is no no day off where you can just say, uh, today I I'm gonna take it easy, uh, no. So um, this is also something that teach me um, skills or soft, soft skills in, in my daily life is, um, uh, yeah, you need to be at your top every single day. Okay, you, are, you will have moments where you feel a bit down, but uh, you cannot show it. You always need to be to be there. And uh, that's your job as an umpire is to serve the game and there is no day off. And you've probably played with definitely uh, and umpired with some of the best players in the world. And if you used to you know, maybe name your, your top three characteristics and attributes of those individuals, what would you say they'd be? Well, the, the, best, the best players, you say. 
Yeah. Um, openness. Um, if I take, for example, I mentioned Eva de Gude. Uh, she is an unbelievable player with a hockey stick, but um, what I like with her is that she's, she's open. And if she has something to tell to you, she will do it. And same way for me, if I need to share something with her, she'll be open enough to listen to what I have to say. So for me, uh, that is what make not a player only good, but really great. And, uh, and, and yeah, for me, she, she would be the one to mention. Um, what I also like is players who are uh, dedicated and we're not going to think too much, but just completely go for it. Uh, if I mention, for example, Lily Housley in, in, in GB, uh, she's gonna do sometimes stuff where you're like, what are you doing? But it's just because she's so dedicated and so fully emerged in her, in her, in her game. That, uh, so I really like it as well. It's uh, not too much thinking, just a lot of doing. And uh, okay, sometimes it costs her some, stupid cards, but yeah, that's that's her way of, of being and of playing. Um, so yeah, openness, dedication, and it's it's a cliche, but uh, I think you cannot achieve anything if you are not passionate about what you are doing. Um, and you have players who, players who, sh who show passion uh, are the ones who you will remember the most because they make the game just even more exciting. Um, so yeah, passion is for me also a big one. Yeah, it's refreshing to hear someone, you know, articulate about individuals and their characteristics as well. I think particularly for an umpire, I think it just shows the insight and the reflection, the experiences you've had and the knowledge you, you soak in to, to name some of the best players, but also their, why they do what they do. And I think Lily's probably a very good example around that. And just for you to have that appreciation is, you know, so refreshing, I think, for many people. Yeah, you know, it's um, I'm a player myself, and I think it helped me a lot to understand what players are doing or feeling or, or experiencing. And we are all different, but in some way, you you understand better what who who they are as a person. And we often um, tell, ah, this person is an umpire, this person is a player, but. At the end of the day, you're just a person, and um, I, what I like is, is also in, in this in this career is also you meet people and people who yeah they are hockey players, they are hockey coach, they are but they are people uh, as first and yeah it's uh, having you know when you are on the pitch you do your job there is uh, red against blue and number ten against number eleven but doesn't mean that next to the hockey pitch you cannot have some some kind of connection or relationship. And who are those people that have had a big influence on you? Um, I think um, Alison Annan, as a, as a hockey coach, um, has been uh, quite inspiring. In, she's the kind of coach who is looking for um, uh, giving feedback and receiving feedback. And um, she's not afraid to tell you what you need to hear as, a, as an umpire. Okay, you also need to be open enough to receive that feedback, but uh, she definitely made me a better umpire. Um, I told about Sophie, uh, definitely she's uh, an important person in my uh, in my career. Um, I have uh, Marlies de Klerk, probably not many people know her, but she's an umpire manager uh, nowadays, and she, she was uh, an umpire. I think she still holds the records of uh, hockey match umpire. In, I think she's more than 200. Um, so she's the one who actually uh, gave me the confidence to go for that umpiring career. 
um, she was there when I, I went uh, for that Queen uh, Nation in South Africa at the very beginning and her feedback and her motivation, yeah, uh, made, made me dare to make the step. So uh, without her, I probably would still be uh, only a player at the Royal Ontario Hockey Club. Yeah, we take Alison, for example, how would she share that information with you? Would she just pick up the phone or would this be after a game? In a more formal way, how you know how is yeah. one of the best coaches in the world sharing that? But for example, lockdown has been a good uh, example. Uh, she took the initiative to ask, uh, "Can we maybe exchange some uh, views about some situation, not only with me but with other umpires?" And I think it's this kind of exchange and sharing of knowledge is really important. Um, what I like with, for example, pro league is that you because it's not one tournament in a week. Uh, but more, you have some games in a, a couple of games in a, in a few months. Uh, you get to see each other more regularly, and so I would have umpired them, for example, in London, made uh, some mistakes, and I would come back in Netherlands three weeks later, and I would discuss. Ah, yeah, I should maybe have uh, done this uh, or this better. Um, and this is what really I like with pro league because pro league you are a bit more. Free as an umpire, you are not uh, protected or covered by umpire manager who are making the sponge. In a normal tournament, you are one week and you don't have contact with coaches. It's more the umpire managers who have the, the contact. So Pro League is uh, positive in, in that way. And with Alison, for sure, it's been um, uh, quite a change because we could share much more. Take us to the future. Take us to five, ten years' time. What are we going to be seeing in terms of maybe umpire, the type of umpiring we're going to see, but also the type of game that we're, we're going to see, what those trends going to be or what you're starting to see. Um, I think the game goes um, faster and faster. Um, so I think we're going to see different type of umpires um, or different type. Um, I think fitness, it's always, always been mentioned, but nowadays it's even more important. Um, now also that FIH is going to uh, equally amazing game. So uh, as a female umpire, having to umpire a men's game is uh, physically tough. So um, fitness is probably a, a big point. Um, I think we have more and more young umpires starting, which is very positive for me to see uh, in Belgium, at least uh, young kids of 13, 14, 15 years old daring just to start. And um, we have in, uh, in our uh, women's league now umpires really good umpires who are only 17 or 16 years, um, years old and it's unbelievable to see so I think in the future we're going to have uh, quite some young talents coming through um, and now uh, what I hope is like I said the, the, the equally amazing um, topic that is uh, on the table right now that we, we're going to, to push it a bit more and, and see what it uh, what it gives. And I think you're a huge driver and ambassador for that, just in the way that you, you've spoken on this podcast, but also the way you, you share yourself as well. Let's just talk very quickly about the, the EHL, the Champions League of Hockey, the best players, you know, the best teams. How do you prepare yourself for that? Because that's not an experience that you, you have every weekend or you know, almost every year. You're one of the first females to go into that environment. You know, What did you do in preparation for that? Okay, I think... Um... Uh, I've had the chance to, uh, to, to be one of the first female umpires to, to be on the, e the men's EHL a couple of years ago. I think it was 2017. 
So EHF has been one of the uh, first one to, to dare to go this way. Um, so I've experienced the EHL on the men's side, and now I'm very curious to experience the same uh, on the women's side coming, uh, coming May. So uh, yeah, it's good. I'm always happy to uh, to to how to say not to discover, but to yeah to open the views and and get to participate to other competitions. And and this one in May is really one I'm looking forward to. Uh, I think it's April actually, um, because you're gonna get the the best uh, hockey clubs in the in the world. And what I like with this kind of competition is that. Um, it's still a club, club atmosphere, let's say. So you have uh, players who are playing professionally, but you also have some who are just there and happy to be there and uh, a bit like how I'm seeing myself now as a hockey player. Uh, but still, they go for points and then they're not going to leave anything on the pitch. So um, yeah, I'm quite curious to see how it, what it will bring uh, on the female side for the first time. Right. Thank you very much. It's, um, you know, I think I said it earlier, but just so refreshing to hear someone articulate their thoughts so well and so passionately. And I think when Sophie described you as a leader and inspirational, I think everyone that's listening will, will fully agree. So thanks so much for your time and for your energy that you've put into the game that we, that we all love so much. You're welcome. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the European Hockey Federation podcast. Presented by Coaching Lab and supported by IFOH Academy. Follow European Hockey Federation on social media to keep in touch.